0: To the feed you podcast giving you the real scoop on raising your business to new heights expert education inspiration and motivation to fuel your purpose your passion and your profits here's your host elisa connor hello hello welcome to the feed you podcast where you come to feed you so you can feed your business with marketing tips self-care tips and all things entrepreneur and business. And today we are talking about how good marketing has little to do with luck playing a little bit on the St. Patrick's day holiday that is happening this week. And, um, I wanted to jump in and just, give you guys some valuable walkaway tips and systems to get your marketing on track whether you have a local business or an online business or a global business all of these tips will be applicable to what you need to do in order to succeed um, both uh, locally and beyond so good marketing doesn't just happen and people get a little bit stressed out with their marketing. They spend money on it and they invest in people, they invest time. Um, A lot of times as we're new business owners, we don't have time to invest in someone to help us with our marketing. And so we invest a ton of time we're chasing the latest, you know, platform to be on the latest um, type of content to create. And in reality, what we need to do is stop, take a few steps back and follow a plan because when you don't have a plan, you are just really the old adage, throwing spaghetti at the wall and hoping something sticks. I have made this mistake in my business in the past, and let me tell you, one, you will be a lot more sane if you have a plan, you will be a lot less stressed out if you have a plan, and you'll spend a lot less time and money doing the wrong things when you have a plan. I know, shocking, huh? So, that is, my, that is not really one of the tips, but I want you to start there. So I've, what I've developed for you is a five-step plan that helps you get specific, no matter what level you're at in your business and no matter if you are an online business or offline or local or beyond. Um, and so, one of the things i want to talk about first is that regardless of how you're trying to get your business out there and and it could be advertising it could be networking it could be a mixture of different things those things are expensive whether they are expensive because you're investing your time and i've talked about that on several occasions but i'll walk through it again just really quickly but also um if you're running any type of advertising so if you are for example, advertising in a local publication, like um, I'm trying to think of the the magazine that comes in the mail here, but there's a magazine that has all of these different businesses in it. You've got to one, come up with a promotion to put into that magazine. So you're already dishing out money, whether it's a discount or a dollar off or you know a dollar amount off of your product or service, but then you're having to pay to show up in that magazine. And let's face it, most people don't look at those um, and if they do, you're in the mix with how many competitors on how many pages. And so it's really a crapshoot on whether or not somebody picks that up, rips out the coupon, and comes to see you. And then, even more so, do they come back? Um, and so, advertising is expensive in that way that you've got to pay, you know, whether you're creating your own. Um, collateral or you're you're paying somebody for marketing or you're paying for online advertising or you're investing your time to go to networking groups and um trying to connect that way you know figure out your hourly rate wage and if that's you know fifty dollars an hour and it takes you an hour to get there an hour to get home and you spend two hours there you're into a minimum of four hours which is two hundred dollars And then you probably have to do some sort of follow-up. And so getting you to think about how you're investing, not only your time, but your budget, um, I hope will implore you to evaluate having a system behind that, so that if you are investing it, you're investing it in a way that actually is going to lead to results and get you sales. So that was my intention behind creating um, this plan for you guys. And so with a plan, whether you're creating a plan for your business or you're creating a plan for your marketing is you have to have some sort of objective or goal. And so a lot of times that throws people off because they're like, I don't know what, what objective I could have for my marketing. I don't know what my goal can be. And so I wanted to give you some ideas of, you know, what those different goals look like. It could be as simple as maybe you create a piece of video content that is, um, answering a specific problem that your product or solution uh, solves or that has come up in your awareness from either previous customers or previous inquiries and you want them to click on that video that is the objective click on the video and then it can go from there and i'm going to go into that in just a couple of minutes when i talk about audiences but it could be opening up your messenger and Uh, starting a conversation with them on Facebook Messenger. It could be having them go to a blog or your podcast episode and listening or reading your blog post. It could be um, having them opt into your list. It could be having them purchase from you. It could have, it could be any number of these things. And so uh, it could be around you building authority, notoriety or your audience numbers. Um, So you need to choose that objective for where you are in your business and what the end goal is. So sometimes we think that we have to have these big goals like I need to bring in, you know, $250,000 worth of sales this month. Well, if you don't have an audience and you haven't started building an audience or you don't have an engaged audience, it's gonna be a little more challenging to reach that goal in a quick amount of time. Does that mean it's impossible? No. Does that mean that you know it might take a little longer and you can get there? Or you know it's not impossible, but it may take a, an expanded amount of time for you to get there is what I'm trying to say. And so having multiple objectives specifically by audience, which we'll talk about in a minute is going to help you achieve your goals and objectives so that you can move to the next one. And so, since I've been hinting at it, um, step number two of your plan is to get to know your audience. And you guys know that I'm a big stickler about knowing your audience. And if you haven't already grabbed my freebie over at alisaconner.com forward slash ideal client to help you flush out your ideal client, I highly recommend you do that. It's got several questions for you to walk through that gets you in the know about the specifics about who you want to work with and serve and it's going to help you immensely to save money on your advertising, get targeted with your advertising, get targeted with your content, and a lot of the other things that are in this plan. So I highly recommend if you don't know who your ideal client is, or you need to revisit who that is because you're struggling and not seeing results, I highly recommend you go over to alisaconner.com forward slash ideal client and grab that free download. And it will also be in the show notes at alisaconner.com forward slash eight zero, because this is episode 80. So that being said, step number two is to know your audience. And as I referenced, the more specific you are about your audience, meaning what's their education level, where do they live? What do they do on the weekend? Where do they eat out? What do they like to What are they interested in? Do they have kids? Um, what kind of car do they drive? The more you know about them, the easier it's going to be for you to create a connection with them and to open up conversation with them and to attract them in the first place. And so, this audience identification piece really is critical and it's where I see people struggle the most. They are trying to serve everyone and they end up serving no one. And so it's, if I were to give a piece of of advice to any small business or entrepreneur, it's get really clear about who you serve. Now, we talk about the person a lot of times, But you can also niche down into your ideal audience based on the problem you solve. So for example, if your um, key audience is somebody who wants to write a book, for example, then you need to go and research who those people are. Like who are people writing books? Well, you've got speakers and coaches and um, uh, industry experts and, you know, like pick one of those or maybe, parallel, um, interests. So maybe speakers and coaches would be the same, but then you're going to want to pick an industry. So you can still narrow down on those people. They may have, you may have different audiences depending on, um, who they are, which I'm going to jump into in a minute, but they all have the same problem. They all need to write a book and they don't know how. And so, if you have a product that serves multiple audiences what i recommend is you create multiple ideal client avatars so luckily with that worksheet you can print it out as many times as you want again alisaconnorcom forward slash ideal client print out as many copies as you want and fill it out per audience because you may have um, an empty nester who was say a teacher and they're getting ready to retire, but they wanna create a book and then a business around that book, well, you need to go and fill that out for them. But you may also have a coach who has been in business and coached hundreds of people or thousands of people, but now they're ready to take their expertise and put it in a book. Well, that's a totally different audience. And so think about who they are and if you have more than one, that's okay. Just make sure you're documenting the different characteristics of that person so that when you go to target them with your advertising or your content, you can then um, ensure that you're talking to them in a language that they're going to understand and it alleviates confusion. It creates more clarity for you and it also enables you to segment them into um, areas that they have shown interest. So. When you have the ability to um, create some segmentation, you have the ability to create custom content for them. And we're gonna get to that in just a minute. That's another tip. So I wanted to give you a quick example of what this would look like. So if you were, for example, a winery, a local winery, and you had multiple audiences, you may wanna fill out an ideal client uh, worksheet for each of these. So you may have, um people that are getting married and so in that avatar group you may have um, people that need your wine at their wedding or they may be having a bachelorette party so you know wedding party or even wedding um, vendors so people that would be associated with with weddings so you've got like the florists and the caterers and all those different people those may be people that are in that audience but then you may also have the local people who come in and want to have a glass of wine every week and listen to live music. So, those people could be like stay at home moms who want a uh, uh, girl's night out, or they could be empty nesters who are just like, hey, on a Tuesday night, I just want to go and, you know, how do you serve them? Um, those are actually two different audiences within an audience, just so you know, because they have very different characteristics. Um, you may have restaurants that you are trying to get your wine into that is another different audience that you would need to target and segment out because their their interest in your product wine is going to be very different than um, say somebody who's coming in and wants a glass of wine after work the restaurant tier is going to want to know how it pairs with their food and how they can upsell it with um, you know with the pairings and all those different things and so um, when you're targeted with your market it makes it really easy for you to create content because you're not going to deliver the same content for the restaurant audience as you are for the people that are coming in off the street to enjoy your beverage and so the power of creating those different audiences whether you're local or global like if you're if you have a local audience your targeting is very different than if you are online and you're trying to um work with people across the world. Now in my business, I have the ability and the flexibility to work with anybody anywhere, as long as they are pretty fluent in English. (laughs) I probably struggle a little bit if they spoke a different language because, um, my language skills are not, uh, robust. However, if you're a local market, you have a local restaurant or local winery, local, um, brewery, local products that you sell, you want to target, Um, local audiences because unless you're going to ship your product and a lot of businesses will do that but you're gonna have a lot more traction with local foot traffic and so you're gonna want to target local audiences versus a global audience Um, and then there are three audience types so of traffic and so I really wanted to cover this because I think a lot of times we just think oh we'll just throw stuff out there and um, hope it works but really People are coming into your business and your marketing at three different, different levels. Either they're cold traffic, they've never heard of you, but they somehow ran across your blog post, or maybe you ran an ad for your blog post for them to go read it, but they don't know anything about you and they're starting to get to know you. What I will find um, both in advertising online, but also with people that um, manage to get somebody on their list that's a cold lead, is that they try to sell to them too soon and so and that's where the relationship gets broken I'm telling you right now um, when you're running an ad trying to sell your product to somebody who doesn't even know who you are and you haven't earned the right or built the authority around that relationship you will turn them off faster than you it, it, and they're gone you, you you're gonna turn them off and they're gonna be gone and you've lost the lead so be really clear about your objective for a cold audience because it's different than it would be for a warm audience. Now a warm audience is somebody that maybe has listened to your podcast and they may be on your email list and they they tune in and um, they're starting to get to know you and they resonate with what you're telling them. So maybe they're a regular podcast listener or they tune into your video show regularly. And so your objective for them is going to be very different. And the content that you create for them is going to be very different. So thinking about what that would be, if they're already on your email list and they may be ready for like your introductory offer, or they may be ready to move forward and have a phone call with you or whatever that, uh, next step is for you. And then of course, the last, um, audience segment would be your hot leads. And so if you're looking at that in a funnel, cold is at the top, um, Warm is in the middle and hot is at the bottom. That's why it's a funnel, because it gets smaller as you go down. So the hot leads are people that have either already worked with you, already have your product, um, are, are ready and open for the next step to do business with you. So for example, if they purchased an online course, they may be ready for group coaching. If they purchased your online course, they may be ready for one-on-one work, um, that kind of thing. If they came in and bought wine, they may be ready for wine membership. If they came in and purchased, um, Oh, what's another one? They came in for a haircut. They may be ready for an upsell of a color treatment next time. And so, um, you know, how does that work in your business and how do you get them um, to take the next step after they've already been in and, um, worked with you in some capacity and they were happy and so um if if they were unhappy that's a totally different campaign (laughs) i'm letting you know right now so uh let's just stick with those three cold warm and hot and so those are other audience factors that you need to take into consideration which is why i'm putting it out there for you And then step number three of your marketing plan is you have to be creating content of some sort. And the reason behind that is because that's how you engage your audience. And yes, there's a lot of content out there, but that means your content needs to shift so that it represents who you are, why you're different, um, how you're gonna help them. And I cannot stress enough, the more specific you can get, the more traction you're gonna get. And so the number one thing I see that people do with their content is they will either be inconsistent and they don't put content out regularly, um, and then they show back up and nobody's there, they're talking to crickets, or they're creating content that their audience doesn't like to consume. And so, for example, if you have people that are maybe baby boomers or even Gen X, those people don't necessarily want to listen to a Facebook Live, but they do like to read blog posts. And so showing up, that's another reason it's really important to know your audience is, you know where are they showing up, when are they showing up, and why are they showing up? Because if you're creating content on LinkedIn that's about happy hour, the chances that people on linkedin are going to resonate with that are pretty slim because most people on linkedin are there for business purposes whether it's looking for a new job or they're trying to grow their company and so they're not looking for happy hour will it absolutely not work i don't know you got to test it that's the other piece but not going in there without a knowledge of your audience is definitely setting yourself up for less success if any so It's not black or white, which is the other component. I want to throw in here with this plan is that no matter what you're doing in marketing, there's no black and white. What works for one person may not work for you, but it also means that you have to test and be okay with the testing process. So let's keep going. Number four is you've gotta create some sort of follow-up system. Uh, How many times have you gone to a networking event and you give somebody your your card and they're like, yeah, I'm gonna follow up with you um, for blank, 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 and then you never hear from them again. And I know we all have a lot of things on our plate and things get dropped, but creating a follow-up system, uh, whether that's an email or you send, my, one of my favorite tools is Loom, like a loom that you're weaving, L O O M, that you can send a quick little video email link um, to people. But it's really important for you to track that entire follow up system that should consist of multiple components um, involving, you know, phone calls and email and um, even video or whatever that would be, because you need to track that eventually to see what is working and what isn't, which is leading us to step number five. But before we get there, we also need to know, you know, what the follow-up system for each of those different audiences. So as I said, the more complicated you make it around your ideal client and where they are as a cold, warm, or hot lead is going to determine what your follow-up process is, because you're not gonna be having a introductory, hello, how you doing, glad we met call, with somebody who's already bought your product, and so developing a follow-up system for each of those lead areas, as well as um, you know how they would shift in between those, is is going to be helpful for you long term. One, because it's going to give you you know the the ability to touch out to them seven to whatever times you need to touch out to them, but also reaching out to them in different forms is going to ensure that you're reaching them on the level that they want to be followed up with. Because not everybody likes to receive 10 emails, Um, but we all do that because it's easier. Your marketing has to work for your customers. And so if your customers are not responding to a 10 series email and they're not getting back to you, then you probably need to shift in there um, another opportunity for you to connect with them. And so what does that look like in my business? Well, I do have a seven um, series email that goes out to people that um, join my list. But in that, in that email series, I have a couple of other options for people. One, they can sign up for a 30 minute free consultation. They can, I ask them to participate in a survey so I can get a feel for where they are um, and a couple other things. Like I think there's a couple in there that actually asked them to reply to the email with, um, different things. And so all of those hit different people in different ways. And I get responses in all of the different ways. So, That's why I'm saying, when you're setting this up, it's not a one-size-fits-all pattern. You gotta test what works for you, your business, and for your audience, because if you don't have time to sit on phone calls for eight hours a day, because you're busy, you know, creating a product or you're doing implementation for people, then you've got to create a system that does work for you and your business. Uh, Or if you have a store that's open eight hours a day, you don't have time to sit on the phone and make phone calls that are follow up calls because you're selling to customers. So to wrap kind of that section up, um, I just, I wanted to give you some ideas of, um, you know, how that would look. Um, so if you have a cold audience, you're gonna s- wanna start with some sort of education, either you know a blog post or a um, podcast or Facebook Live or uh, whatever that looks like, a video, whatever that looks like for your audience and get them excited about what that is and then segment them, meaning uh, create little segments of what their interest area is. So if you're doing say a blog post on craft, y- you have a craft store, and you do a blog post all about crochet and then you do one that's about card making and then you do one that's scrapbooking and then you do one that's um, quilting. Not every person is going to click on each of those blog posts or and check out those blog posts but the ones that click on um, crocheting or knitting you can then retarget with additional content by um, depending on what you're doing with your advertising so I don't want it to get too complicated but ultimately you want to create a system that lets you know who has gone to look at that and um, when you do that then it it's easier for you to retarget them. And I know you guys have gone through this experience, so let me walk through it um, in a way that may make more sense because you've been the consumer. Um, But for example, you go to Amazon and you look at a pair of um, shoes you're just going to get a pair of shoes off of Amazon and they're Nike tennis shoes. And, um, you look at them and then you leave. Well, then the next thing you know, you go over to Facebook and over in the sidebar, what do you see? You see black Amazon tennis shoes. And then you might see an ad from DSW and you also might see Foot Locker, um, because the advertisers, meaning, um, the, those companies have targeted, that pair of shoes in the store at amazon and now they're trying to get your attention too and so you have the same ability to um, take those people that have searched that out maybe not quite as um specific as that but you have the ability to do that with your own business so that you can get yourself in front of those people once again so if they clicked on a blog post that was knitting and you had three other blog posts about knitting or you have like say an upcoming introductory knitting class and you're trying to get it out there you could actually run an ad on platform you know your favorite platform instagram facebook um or uh what am i trying to say (laughs) uh google duh um that starts promoting that knitting class and getting it in front of the people that clicked on that blog post so that's retargeting that's the power of retargeting and it's much more powerful than running cold traffic because then you're taking that cold traffic and specifically if they've already opted into something like your email list or um for a freebie about like you know the 10 best yarns for knitting in 2020 would be a great blog post for just this example Um, and they went to grab that because they want to know what the checklist is for the best yarns and the best place to get them and why they're the best and all that kind of stuff and so um, they grab that and so then you can then take that email list and send them you know you can email them about the class you can send them over to additional blog posts to continue to warm them up but basically you're warming up that audience so that they are ready to come and you know either if the class is free they're coming to the class and then purchasing supplies at the class or you're getting them to sign up for the class and um, they're paying to come to the class or multiple classes or you know maybe they come to the first one for free and you're upselling them to Knitting 102, 103, 104, 105. I don't, I don't know what that looks like because I'm not a knitter, but you get the idea. And so they go from um, a very, very cold, they don't know who you are to getting to know you, a warm audience, and then ultimately when they come to the class, they are now a hot lead you are ready to sell them into the next thing. So if I was running that knitting class, I would immediately go at you know toward the end of class, "Hey, did you learn a lot here? Well, guess what? We can continue this in 102, which is happening in 2 weeks. But if you if you sign up tonight, you get $5 off." And so those people are now in your hot lead category. Or say somebody signed up for the class and they couldn't come, maybe you do a follow-up call and say, "Hey, we missed you last night, but no worries, we're running this class again. Can I get you to, can I Um, transfer you over to the next class which is in three weeks so you get the idea of how this works and why it's important to have that follow-up system so that's number four and the last step of this and probably the most important step is analyzing and I know like when I when I first hear analyzing I like think of a guy in a business suit with a tie and you're like oh so boring like the, the comb over and you're like oh, who wants to be an analyst but in today's world as a business owner you need to be an analyst you need to be looking at your numbers you need to be looking at your marketing and see what's working and what's not working and you need to be looking at product and off um service sales what's working what's not working because as the market adjusts and change changes you need to adjust and change as well and so when it comes to your marketing plan, you need to put in ahead of time ways to measure what is working and what is not working. Not just wing it, pray, and hope that it works. Throw money at it and hope that it works. It's not gonna work. Um, and if it does work, you're not gonna know because you didn't set up analytics. And so you wanna make sure that you're tracking, like how many options are you are you getting? How many phone calls are you making? Or how many people um, are you getting in touch with from the phone calls? And then from those phone calls, how many people are buying? Because if they're just opting in and then they never open an email again, that's not a good conversion rate. You, there's something something happened there. The ball was dropped. They got your freebie and then they moved on. So it could be one of two things: one, they're not your right, they're not your target audience, and you didn't do your homework to figure out your target audience and their needs. Or it could be um, that whatever was said in the follow up emails was not interesting enough. For them to open them and continue on or it could just be that they just wanted your freebie but i always recommend when you're creating that freebie you put a next step on it so if you're not doing that with your freebie like whatever your next step in your sales funnel is that would be the first place to start because then when they go to reference it your name and next step is there with them and so The benefits of tracking this is one, you can see what's working and what's not working, but also you can see where in your marketing system the breakdown is. So if you're getting a lot of opt-ins, but then no sales, you know there's something broken with your email follow-up, or um, if you're getting a lot of opt-ins and then you have people um, making follow-up calls for you, or you're making follow-up calls, and it's not leaning to sales, then you know the phone call piece is broken. Um, So you get the idea, like you have to track what is and isn't working. And the same goes for, like if you have a restaurant and say your opt-in is a free, um, what what comes to mind is actually a local brewery. So if you have a brewery and you are doing grand opening and you decide that, you know, for the first hundred customers in the door that sign up for, you know, whatever special, you know, new customer special, um, they're going to get a free engraved beer mug with a brewery name. And so um, you now have those people's email because they have to sign up to get the coupon for the free beer mug. But then the next step is, this is where everybody drops the ball. They bring in their coupon, but then they never follow up with them again. And so local businesses, live and die by repeat customers, especially in the hospitality industry. So I see this all the time with customer with restaurants, they will invest in like the Val packs and they have coupons in there, but then they just have to continue to pay for the coupons, but they never track if those people are coming back again. And so isn't it easier when you control that by providing a coupon to them, which they have exchanged their information for that then you can follow up with them and say, Hey, as a valued customer um, of the brewery, for example, going back to them, Hey, you were one of our top 100 first customers. We are so excited that you can be part of the club. This is what you can um, expect in the future. We have, you know, one, two, three events happening, and um, bring a friend in and you'll get, buy one, get one half off your first beer. And it doesn't always have to be a coupon, but you your goal is to get them back in the door. And so whatever it looks like, or takes for you to do that in your business is what is gonna set you apart from the competition. So I hope that makes sense, but you can then track, you know, if those coupons came in because you can collect them and I'm not really sure um, how, you, how you could track exactly who brought the coupon in, but you could easily do that if depending on what your marketing system is, um, set up there's a million different ways to do that that i'm not going to dive into today but there is a way for you to track specifically if that coupon came in from a specific user and then you know that that user is really engaged and you want to get them back in the door because you may have 100 people that got the coupon but only 60 of them came in well you want to know who those 60 people are and you also want to know who the 40 people that got the coupon and didn't come in are because those are two very different campaigns you're sending them for follow-up so anyway hopefully i have not um i feel like i've thrown a lot of information at you today but it's also a pretty important topic and so even though the the title is you know playing a little bit on the luck of um st patrick's day really your marketing is the lifeblood of your business. If people don't know who you are and you're not getting in front of them and you're not staying in front of them, your business dries up and it goes away. And so that was really the point of this episode is to set you up for success with that five-step system and the things that you really need to look at. And I will make robust show notes for you and you can find them over at alisaconnor.com forward slash 80 because this is episode 80 and uh you can find all of the different tactics and stuff that i talked about over there and dig into it in case there was something that you missed um and then also make sure you grab that freebie that i talked about for your ideal client next week we have a awesome guest i'm so excited to have her on um and she's going to talk to us about facebook ads her name is sam pilling she's from the uk and you are going to love listening to her so until then have a great week take care Just a quick reminder, don't forget to grab that free ideal client worksheet that will help you map out who your ideal client is, where they're hanging out, and how you can connect with them better so that you can quit fretting about your marketing, get out of the overwhelm, and start attracting the clients that you wanna work with that will pay you and grow your business. You can grab that at alisaconner.com forward slash ideal client.